This episode is brought to you by Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. Visit Eero.com slash GOG and at checkout enter code GOG. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Back from the holiday break. Yes. We weren't expecting to have. <laughs> kind of snuck up on us, but then you had jury duty and that didn't help. No, that <laughs> didn't help at all. But it's over. Jury Good. duty is over. Thank Excellent. God. For at least a year. At least a year. But now I know how to get out of it. Yes. So I've done I've done my civic duty. I've served on a jury. I got paid $97 for Woo. all six days. Yeah. More than you get paid for podcasting. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can just become a professional juror. They gave me $23 for uh, my mileage because right. they calculate it as the crow flies, which is just BS. I'm sorry. To be fair, you could have picked a, a courthouse closer to you. Van Nuys was still not that close, but <laughs> I I'd, I'd probably still would be there if that was the case. Yeah. They get lots of cases there, but uh, we'll talk about it more when uh, we get a chance to sit down with David Bittner because he he has questions. Mm-hmm. And your soccer's over, I see. It is. It is. Congratulations to the U.S. women's national team. They they won. That was very good. Uh, the U.S. <laughs> men's team did not win. Okay, we're not allowed to talk about that anymore. That's right. <laughs> over. Over. And some, and some sad news. Actually, I, I would classify it as infuriating. Infuriating, <laughs> angry, uh, makes me want to go all uh, Charles Bronson-y news. Uh-huh. Very good friend of the show and one of my best friends, Dr. David Teeter, was assaulted coming out of his work in Oakland the other day by a dickhead on a lime scooter. Yep. Yes. Well, look, dick, dickheads will be dickheads, and uh, so I'm not going to lump this in there with uh, with scooter news. Uh, in fact, I consider it a plus because they will now be able to find this guy if they find if they do <laughs> what they're supposed to. I don't know how good Oakland cops are, right? But, uh, apparently, uh, Doctor Teeter said that everybody that showed up at the the scene was very good. The paramedics were very good. the The cops were very good, and apparently, there were lots of witnesses that stayed and gave their information. And yes, he absconded on a Lime scooter. So hopefully somebody at Lime will be giving them the information on who this person was. Yes. And he will be tracked down and uh, hopefully shot in the town square. Or put on a jury that uh, you serve on. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, get well soon, Dr. Teeter. I yes. posted a link in Twitter if you wanted to go see how bad it is, because it's not good. No, not pretty. Got some follow up. All right. Apple, thank God, is finally <laughs> reportedly going to be moving away from those stupid butterfly switch keyboards and going back to the scissor switch ones that we all know and love. Yay. So that that means that maybe you and I will be able to buy a new MacBook coming soon. Well, they still have to address the port issue. Well, the port issue I don't think is going away on any computer anymore. <laughs> Everything's going to be USB-C. It is a it is, you know, welcome to dongle world. <laughs> Damn it. I hate but dongles. hey, I do too. But man, if the keyboard works, all good, all good. And we always talk about Amazon and how you just have to buy everything from Amazon right now. Mm-hmm. And there's an article over at BuzzFeed where they actually list all of the different companies that Amazon owns. And they have uh, over 80 private label brands, a lot of which I knew of. Right. But a lot of I didn't. Uh, there's lots and lots of women's clothing lines that they own. Right. Well, that's a, that's a big part of their business. Yes, yes. Women do like clothes because yes. they, they even made a does this does this dress make my ass look fat camera? <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah. Which nobody bought, it seems. Hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, it's an interesting read. So you can see all of the different things that you, when you're buying from Amazon, what you what you are doing and what you can't get away from. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting about this is is the shift in kind of how these large mega corporations have worked um since even when we were we were younger um cuz amazon goes out of their way to kind of hide the fact that they own these companies back when back in the day if a if a big mega corporation bought another company out they basically just rebranded them as the megacorp now yeah. now it's now it's all done on the sly yeah kind of yeah. kind of and i've bought a couple of things from some of these uh like men's clothing brands that they have and uh they kind of suck so. Well, most uh, uh, let me tell you, men's clothing on Amazon, particularly if it's the private labels or the stuff that Amazon may or may not old, own, all of that stuff is made in China. All of it. 
and it's all done super cheap. It all falls apart quickly. And also you have to order about two sizes larger than you think you do because they make it for we people. The interesting thing that that's a trend that's completely reversed itself on his head because for a while they were selling vanity sizes, mm-hmm. which means you buy a large and you get a two XL to make yourself feel better. Right. It switched mostly because of the Chinese manufacturers. Yeah, it could be. I don't know why, but uh, and they do shrink quite a bit. I just get my Hanes beefy teas, which are probably also probably made in China. In the news. Big news over the weekend. ICE mm-hmm. has been mining driver's license photos for facial recognition purposes without warrants or court orders. Who saw that coming? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is, well, I mean, I suppose gross. on the plus side, it is gross. Uh, it needs to stop immediately. Um there needs to be congressional oversight on this sort of thing. They need to stop this uh, as soon as possible. On the plus side, though, we know how accurate facial recognition is. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the problem is you're just they're going to come and get you. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to drag you out. Of, yeah, they're going to drag you out of your house, call you Manuel and ship you off to, you know, Venezuela. Yeah. So that's where things really kind of. Especially when I get my play. summer tan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's kind of scary that the FBI's facial recognition database has more than 640 million images in it. Well, still smaller than Google's. Smaller than Google's and probably matches just as accurately. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, is, this is something that people are going to be keeping an eye on, and hopefully Congress will step up. And yeah. uh, But they're going to be busy for a little while because uh, I guess uh, you got some Facebook news. Congress has stepped up a little bit, uh, not in the ways that we'd probably like it to with Facebook, but it's a start. Uh, U.S. lawmakers have asked Facebook to immediately cease implementation plans of its Libra cryptocurrency. Now, if you've been listening to this show since Bitcoin (laughs) came out, what have we said? No major country is going to allow this to happen, is going to allow a massive decentralized currency to take uh, to become a standard. And well, our government is saying, hey, hold on a second. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Governments are in charge of money. We do not need this to shake up their entire universe. We do not need this to crash economies worldwide. What are you doing? Let's take a look at this before you leap out of the gate. And uh, so it's on pause right now. Well, they've asked. (laughs) Yes, they've asked. Uh, How many times did it take them to ask Zuckerberg to show up before he finally did? Yeah. So. I think the real thing that probably sent up the red flags is like, okay, you want to make a new currency system for a financial global market that's based where? Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Switzerland? Switzerland? Huh. Uh, Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Come over what, here. We're, we're going to have a Whatever regimes have basically used <laughs> Switzerland for their banking needs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we beat the crap out of Switzerland recently to make sure that we can look at Swiss bank accounts. That's why nobody has a Swiss bank account anymore. Yes. Everybody goes to the Grand Caymans or someplace else or yeah. Moscow. So they're going to be looking into it as they well should, because it does raise serious privacy, trading, national security and monetary policy concerns. Uh, and again, you've got over two billion users in theory. So uh, you have a bit of a head start if you decide to launch this. This It will overtake Bitcoin immediately. There's no doubt about that. So we will uh, right. we'll see what happens. Yeah. They don't want it to take over the dollar. That's yes. the one that they really that is the real care problem. about. Yeah. yeah. Now we have some uh, Uber and Lyft and uh, labor union news here. Tensions are surging as Uber and Lyft scramble to cut a deal to escape California's crackdown on the gig economy. As we've talked about here, the California Supreme Court uh, basically passed a ruling saying that uh, drivers get employee rights and they should. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the ride hailing companies are in talks with labor unions to create a loophole to block that. Yay. Now, yeah. Now, uh, aren't labor unions supposed to be specifically there to make sure that these loopholes don't exist? They are. So I'd be a little bit concerned about the people running these unions at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll so the court basically ruled out. that, uh, you know, they should get all the same protections that employees get, like minimum wage and overtime pay. And uh, yeah, so they don't want to pay this, obviously. So they have been meeting with uh, Service Employees International Union, the SEIU, to support an amendment which would exempt them from complying with the bill. So therefore making the union completely useless. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> defeats the entire purpose of it. The yes. Okay. So as this is going on, if we went, let's file this under super bad optics of the week. Um, the Uber <laughs> co-founder, uh, Garrett Camp, and his partner, Eliza Nguyen, have purchased a Beverly Hills mansion for a record-breaking $72.5 million 
$1,500, which is believed to be the largest ever sale of a home in Beverly Hills. It is an extraordinary mega mansion sale that comes at a time when L.A., and I don't know if you've noticed this, Jason, we're facing a bit of a homeless crisis here. They're oh, everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. And there are major health concerns about everything that's going on outside of the just human dignity. Um, L.A. is in trouble. Um, yeah. So this is not good. This is not good optics. And uh, <laughs> so this is all going on while all these fighting is going on for Uber drivers and everything else. Um, so Camp is a Canadian entrepreneur who already has an estimated net worth of $4.2 billion. Uh, so a lot of that money came from, well, not a lot of it, but he's got, well, a good chunk came from Uber. So this is bad example, bad time, horrible thing happening. This is a perfect example of the 1% stealing from the rest of us. Nicole Moore, a ride-sharing driver in Los Angeles, said of Camp's $72.5 million purchase. Drivers are living in their cars. They're fighting for fair wages. At least share that wealth with the people who have actually built your company. No argument there. Yeah. I mean, and but this isn't the first one this guy has bought. You know, no. $72.5 million when you, your net worth is $4.2 billion is literally pocket change. Yes. Well, so, you know, yeah, I agree. He's already got luxury properties in L.A., San Francisco, and Manhattan. So this guy is like, you know. Doing what everybody does when they get FU money from the tech sector. They go buy they real go estate, F which you. is why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. FU move is mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And homelessness here in LA has gotten really bad. Like when I left uh, Chicago the last time, there was like nothing out here in the valley. And now it is just insane. And yeah. it's yeah. really bad out here. And it's, even it's bad everywhere. It doesn't yeah. matter where I drive now. There we have a, there's a serious epidemic going on here right now. It's bad. Yep. <sighs> So speaking of China, you might want to check those pants that show up from Amazon next time because there could be a surveillance app on them. No, not really on your pants, but Chinese border guards are installing surveillance apps on the phones of some travelers, according to an investigation by The Guardian, New York Times and a German magazine, which I'm not going to try to pronounce because people pick on me (laughs) because I get it wrong these days. The app extracts emails. Let me me try. I think it's so Deutsche Zettung. Zeitung. No, Zeitung. Yeah, Zeitung. So, so yeah. Deutsche Zeitung. There you go. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. with a Chinese accent. <laughs> so Deutsche Zeitung. Yes. The app extracts emails, texts, and contacts, as well as info about the device. Without notifying phone owners, border guards have installed the app when people attempt to cross from Kyrgyzstan to the Zhangjing region, an area where the Chinese government has long restricted the freedoms of the Muslim population. Oh, so, this is about the Uyghurs. Yes, it is. Yeah. Travelers crossing the border have been asked to turn their phones and passwords over to officials. And if you think that's scary, it's coming here, people. It is. Yeah. We all well, know it. <laughs> that whole area, there's actually a uh, Vice News special about that where uh, this one woman snuck in twice with hidden video cameras and, and documented it. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. They've hired over 100,000 new police officers in that region in the past year. And that's yeah. not like the entire force. That's new police that's officers. That's new, yes. <laughs> yeah, this comes back to some of the surveillance stuff we talked about on Security Ha with uh, Bittner a while back, yes. where those databases have been found out that are tracking the Uyghurs. It is just not a good time to be Muslim in China, at least in mm-hmm. that area. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, talk about chutzpah, uh, the balls on these people. What they named the app, I, I'm not going to attempt the Chinese uh, of it, but according to The Guardian, there's no literal English translation, but it has to do with bees collecting honey. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's only, uh, let me guess, only Android. Of course. Of course. The <laughs> app just, has just, not just, appeared on iPhones. But you know, sure. you, you listeners out there that swear by your Androids, you keep up with that. Much yep. more secure, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Stay out of China, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in relatively decent good news, uh, Tesla has delivered a record 95,000 cars this spring. They did not get off to a good start, and Elon Musk certainly did not help. Uh, But it's looking rosier towards the middle of the year. They have set records for both production and deliveries in the second quarter. Uh, And compared to last quarter, they're they're way up. So they leave Tesla with a nicer problem than it has had in recent times. It has a growing production backlog. So well done, Tesla. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, They have turned into the Prius of (laughs) Teslas now, I guess, whatever. But uh, (laughs) They're they really need to start putting some noise on these things. They're getting worse. Yes, I agree. But we'll uh, we'll get to that in the feedback section. And right. uh, this last story that I had, I just uh, had me scratching my head and really makes me wonder if perhaps Elon Musk was right when he smoked some weed and said maybe we're all just living in a simulation. And AI has simulated the universe and not even its creators know how it's so accurate. 
Okay. Yes. So for the first time, scientists have used artificial intelligence to create complex three-dimensional simulations of the universe. It's called the Deep Density Displacement Model, or D3M. And it's so fast and so accurate that the astrophysicists who designed it don't even know how it does what it does. Great. (laughs) Yes. What it does do is accurately simulate the way gravity shapes the universe over billions of years. Each simulation takes just 30 milliseconds compared to the minutes it took other simulations. And uh, it learns from over 8,000 training simulations the team fed it and extrapolates from and outperforms them, able to adjust parameters in ways it had not been trained to do. So we may have just created a big bang ourselves. Somebody please unplug the Ethernet cable. Yes, <laughs> please. please. Um, yeah, so we've got a link in the show notes. For, this is from uh, sciencealert.com. It's an absolutely fascinating article, and uh, it, it uh, you know, gets stoned first. This episode is sponsored by Eero. Eero is a home Wi-Fi system like nothing you've seen. The single router model just doesn't work for our increasingly high bandwidth world. It's simple physics. Like light waves, Wi-Fi waves don't go through walls well at all. Imagine asking a light bulb in your living room to light your master bedroom. Yet so many people just get the crappy Wi-Fi system from their ISP, and we know how well that thing works. What you need is a distributed system. This is what offices have had for years at considerable work and expense, but no longer for you because of Eero. Look, current Wi-Fi routers are really tough to manage and optimize. The Eero app lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand, so you'll know how many devices are connected at any given point, as well as the internet speed that you're getting from your service provider. You can also easily create and share a guest network, which is really handy. Eero is protected with state-of-the-art WPA2 encryption, and because it controls the hardware and the software for your entire network, it ensures that you're always secure. Since traditional routers don't push software updates to their customers, they're left vulnerable to cyber attacks. Eero updates automatically so that you not only have the latest features, but the latest security at all times. And speaking of security, let's talk about Eero Plus. It's their new product, which is designed to provide simple, reliable security that defends all your home's devices against threats like malware, spyware, phishing attacks, as well as unsuitable content. The combination of Eero with Eero Plus provides complete protection for your network. I get my automated report every week, and it's unbelievable how much Eero blocks just from even getting to any of my computers. It's so nice. And by checking the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats, Eero Plus prevents you from accidentally visiting malicious sites without slowing anything down. Eero Plus automatically tags sites that contain violent, illegal, or adult content, so you can choose what your kids can and can't visit right in the app. And get this, you can get rid of annoying ads and pop-ups on all of your devices. It's got ad blocking baked into it. So they don't even make it to your computer, which actually decreases the load time for some of the pages you go to because the ads aren't even going to get there. It's fantastic. So never think about Wi-Fi again. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. Visit Eero.com slash GOG and at checkout, enter code GOG. That's $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. That's Eero.com slash GOG and at checkout, enter GOG. Trust me. I have had this thing for a couple years now, and it is fantastic. You will never worry about Wi-Fi again. Media Candy. Brian, I went and got that podcast that you recommended, Running From Cops. Yeah, I finished it. What'd you think? Wow, that was good. Yeah, it was. It, that was good journalism. I yes, enjoyed it. it. Was. Yeah. And it's from the same people that did that uh, Richard Simmons one that got a lot of acclaim before. Yeah, I had uh, next to no interest in Richard Simmons and barely any interest in cops, but uh, I still managed to enjoy this one. Yeah, no, it was really fascinating. And how they they do what they do, it -hmm. is definitely worth a listen. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but... uh, We've got a, a we've got another article in the show notes you can check out. Long running reality show cops might be even more problematic than you thought. Yes, so it's uh, definitely worth a listen. And this one we've been wondering where Spotify is going to be spending all that that sweet sweet cash they've been yep. trying to put into podcasting. Well, it's going to Kevin Bacon. Hang on a second. Are you telling me that <laughs> Spotify is hiring celebrities that are already well known and come with an inbuilt fan base rather than new talent? I do believe that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, Spotify has signed an exclusive agreement with uh, Kevin Bacon. I'm sure people were beating down the doors for the Kevin Bacon podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, they're going to be working with Funny or Die on some of it, but it is a scripted podcast. 
Right. And it's called I'm Going to Be Kevin Bacon. And it will follow a, a washed up actor who blames Kevin Bacon for his career failures. Said actor then embarks on a comprehensive quest to bring Bacon to justice. Now, it's only going to be 12 episodes, but I think I might have to listen to that. That actually sounds pretty funny. I think that's a one episode funny premise that will quickly tie her over 12 episodes. That's true. That's true. They <laughs> might want to cut that one back a bit. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, going to be one of those Spotify exclusives, I'm sure, for a while. And then then it'll get released to the general public. But uh, yes. yeah. And if it's there's there's a lot of talk nowadays, like, if is it actually a podcast if you have to pay for it or is it a paycast? It's a paycast. So well, pay I guess we're a free cast. We're a free cast. Uh, over the holiday, I'm guessing you didn't sit down and, and binge watch Stranger Things season three. Um, previous uh, non-married, non-child me would have. Okay. I uh, Yes, I had fireworks and barbecues and family and all that sort of stuff. So I did not, unfortunately, get around to it. It is on the docket for this week to at least begin watching it. So, Okay, I'm finished. Yeah. So when you're done, Worth it? How was let it? me know. I loved it. I thought this was Perfect. possibly Great. the best season yet. Does it, it look like it's ending? No, Which, probably not. Damn it! No, oh, not actually, not at all. No, it's oh, going to get, okay. it's going to easily go for another season. All but right, the, all right. I, well, the first thing was I thought it was going to be twelve episodes or thirteen episodes, like the Marvel ones were, but it's only eight. Oh, okay, that's quick. There's no lull in it like in some of the previous seasons. There's like, you know, a couple episodes in the previous seasons where you're like, okay, this episode didn't really move the ball forward very much. Mm -hmm. This one was pretty tight all the way through. All right. Trim so, the fat. Yeah, definitely did. Or at least just wrote more story for the eight right. episodes that they did before. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And it apparently so did a lot of other people because it has broken all of the Netflix four day viewing records. It right. says, yeah, they said the service said Monday that the third installment of the nostalgic horror series has been watched by 40.7 million household accounts who who God knows what that means because everybody shares their <laughs> password Yeah, uh, since its 4th of July launch and that 18.2 million already have binged the entire season. I am not surprised by that as my social media feeds were full of people talking about Stranger Things 3 and the fact that they were binging it. Yep. Yeah, I didn't mean to binge it. I just did it. To a night for four nights and it was done. Right. So, well, I, I can I can handle a fourth season, but I think they got to wrap it up after that. Yeah, it's time to time to put a bow yeah. on it, as yep. they say. And I did watch. I don't know how this came up, but I watched the new Shaft 2019 <laughs> movie. All right. Loved every second of it. The trailer it, looks great. I, I'm not going to lie. It yeah. is so good. I mean, I worked on the last Shaft movie and I didn't think it was very good at all, but this one, <laughs> this one brought it completely brought it. I really, really enjoyed it. So if you get a chance and you need something to watch, man, this new Shaft movie was really good, really funny, good story, good action. All in all, it was just fantastic. I have right. no, no complaints about this at all. Excellent. Well, you and I never made it to uh, Taco Copia or whatever that uh, pop up was that was going to be the taco bar uh, theme thing in Santa Monica. And uh, we didn't make it to the Star Wars bar when they opened up that last year. And we didn't make it to uh, the candy pop up Instagrammy thingy because, you know, we're adults. Uh, but here's one that I think we should go to, Jason. Los Angeles, November 2019, a place in time introduced to science fiction fans in Ridley Scott's incredible 1982 film Blade Runner is getting its own pop up bar. Okay, uh, you're going to have to go without me. It's in downtown L.A. Nobody goes to downtown L.A. anymore. Dude, downtown's awesome. You haven't been there in a long time. It's really it good. is awesome, but it's getting there that is not awesome. Yes, well, there's a train now. Nexus 2019. If they had, if they had a flying cop car, then they could pick me up and <laughs> take me there. I'm in. It's called Nexus 2019. It's described as a completely immersive experience. The bar will feature a fully designed retro future interior, themed craft cocktails, food, nightly entertainment, costumed actors, and countless details for guests to explore and interact with. And we have a link in the show notes on some of the uh, shots that they made look really cool. So I, I want to make this one. The only thing I don't want to do is deal with the lines because it'll be popular and it's only open from November 1st to the 30th. The other thing is from their sketches, it looks way too small. Oh, I'm sure That's, it is. It's going to be tiny. It's going to yeah. be tiny. And, you know, it's going to be packed. So I don't know. I I would love to try it. They, they need to open one up here on the west side is all I'm saying. <laughs> you are so lazy. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I certainly am. After driving back and forth to Santa Monica for even just five days, I am never going to get another job that does not 
let me work from home. I'm like, I would, I would be the worst new employee because I cannot handle traffic anymore. So you could have just stopped with, I'd be the worst new employee. Well, yeah, that's true too. At the library. I needed a break from sci-fi and, uh, I've, uh, I'm not really a big Howard Stern fan. I, I don't know where you fall on Howard Stern. I don't think we've ever had a discussion about it. Um, I was never into the morning zoo stuff. I hated all that crap. Uh, I did recognize that he was extremely good at what he does, uh, whatever it is he decides to do. I came around to Howard Stern a bit when he put out his first book, uh, Private Parts. I read it, thoroughly enjoyed it, thought it was very funny. The movie was okay. I didn't mind it so much. Uh, when he switched to satellite radio, there was a brief period of time um, after he got there when he kind of um, he made his transition to adulthood, dare I say, and his interviews got extremely good and the show was actually compelling and interesting. Uh, since then, it's just become a circle jerk where basically if you don't listen all the time, you have no idea what they're talking about because they only talk about their own internal cast of people. Um, but he put out a new book, Howard Stern Comes Again, and uh, I downloaded it and read it. And it's uh, excerpts from some of his interviews, uh, some of what he considers to be the best interviews or, you know, just the craziest stuff that's happened or and he really showed some self-knowledge there because he was put in some stuff where he's like, I really screwed this interview up or I wish I would have done this. Or, I wish I would have done that. It was it was great. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it because I liked most of the people that he most of the people that he put in the book for the interviews. So I don't know. I can recommend it. It was a good read. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I was never a big Howard Stern fan and I built the website for the movie Private Parts <laughs> and they they took I'm sure you remember my first website spew. Yes, a I do. lot, a lot of the stuff that I built for Spew was in the Howard Stern site, like uh, <laughs> boob concentration, mm-hmm. where you have to like flip over pictures of boobs and match them up. Uh, the slut machine, which was the uh, the naked lady slot machine from right. uh, way back then. Yep, that was in the Howard Stern site. But the thing, the problem with Howard Stern was the show was in New York early in the yes. morning, and we had to get up every single morning and listen to his show. Because he never sent us feedback through the proper channels. He gave us feedback on the the beta of the website on the air. (laughs) So we had to listen to the show, take the feedback, run to the studio, and get all of the stuff fixed. By the time all the execs came in in the morning and were like, he was complaining. And we're like, we fixed it. (laughs) You know, we haven't slept, but we fixed it. So he was kind of a dick when (laughs) we were building his website. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I'll pass on this one. I think I've heard enough of Howard, but uh, if you if, see, the thing is, if if, if it's a, a book of interviews, I wish I could just listen to the interviews. He should make a podcast. Oh, wait, he's got a show. Never oh, mind. wait. <laughs> of the week. I have an entry for bad optics part two this week. Okay. A series of President Trump re-election campaign ads on Facebook feature a range of American voters, including Tracy from Florida, Thomas from Washington, and AJ from Texas, supporting Trump and his agenda. There's one problem with this. Uh, they All three of them appear to be foreign stock models. Okay. Yeah. The Associated Press reported Tuesday that the series of ads featuring the young blonde woman on the beach, a bearded hipster in a coffee shop, and a Texas lifelong Democrat who now supports Trump are stock video footage produced in France, Brazil, and Turkey. Love it. Got to keep those immigrants out, right? Yeah. You can keep them employed as long as they stay in their home country. (laughs) Exactly. And we got another one here. Crypto Ponzi scheme says it has no cash to pay out to upset investors. Bitcoin Wallet, a lucrative South African investment scheme, used to attract hundreds of investors a day, many of whom clamored at the company's door to hand over cash to invest. They promised a 100% return in just over two weeks by reinvesting customer deposits in cryptocurrencies. But they have no money left. It's all gone. And they shut down. And everybody lost their money. That's how pyramids work. Yes. Mm -hmm. Go crypto. I've got a couple interesting think pieces Mm -hmm. this week in Brick-A-Brac. One is from The Verge. It's, It's something Awful's founder thinks YouTube sucks at moderation. Well, he can get in line with that one. Uh, I I also thought something awful sucked as well. But uh, he has a lot of history with running communities and mm-hmm. content moderation. Yes. And, you know, he's talking about how YouTube should be doing things and things like that. The problem is he misses the mark with what YouTube actually is. It's not a community. No, they'd like to pretend they are. 
Yes, they're not a community. They are a for-profit video hosting site, yes. which means it's not really the same thing. And the the points that he makes in the article are valid if you are running a community. And I, I found the article actually really fascinating. It's it's well worth a read if you ever do want to start your own community and you want to you know give people the power to take care of your community because the best people to admin your community are people who are invested in it. Yes. Rule number one when I used to run fan clubs is I would find fans that were very smart and moderate and give them a separate account that was you know, not tied to their personal accounts in the in the community and in the forum and made them moderators. Yeah, that's how you do it. And you, you keep know? an eye on them. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of it. Self-moderating and uh, gets the job done because people really want to have a nice place on the Internet where they can have fun. Yes. Well, and that requires moderation. It does. And YouTube is not going to be able to do this because they're not a community. So no. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, there's another story I found over on tortoisemedia.com. <laughs> it's called The 8chan Story, Destroyer of Worlds. <laughs> and it's just, it's interesting because it's the story of Frederick Brennan, the founder of 8chan. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a really sad story because he's got a genetic disorder called osteogenesis imperfecta. Mm -hmm. So he's basically Mr. Glass. Okay. His, he's, uh, by the time he was 19, he had 120 broken bones. Oof. Right. Yeah. Which can turn somebody into, you know, a very upset person at the world. Right. And that was kind of what what happened to him. I'm not going to spoil too much of it, but it's really worth the time to take the read and kind of see what the story behind the site was and how awful basically anonymity on the Internet is. <laughs> that's it's kind of what it boils down well to. it really it ties into your previous story because it is a community but it's a community gone horribly wrong yes exactly because there's no you know there no names which means anybody can be awful and if you just want to be an asshole and, and half the people probably don't even believe the things that they say but they do it for the lulls mm -hmm. and they do it to just fire people up it's troll culture that's yep. all it is and he even said in there it's like it was more fun to be destructive than creative and when he was a teenager and that's yeah, you're supposed to grow out do. of that. It seems like he did for the most part. Right. But uh, it doesn't mean that the damage isn't done, you know? Yeah. So it's really one of the problems with anonymity online, unfortunately. Oh, that was the other thing that something awful did uh, that I thought was pretty clever. They're like, if you're an asshole and we have to ban you a bunch of times, you don't get to be anonymous. You have to pay us 10 bucks and then we'll let you post again because then we know who you are. Right. Which yeah, makes know, sense. Comes, comes back to us always saying, let's pay. Let's pay for these damn things. <laughs> pay for the things that we like. Yes. Yes. And have some accountability and people might not be such assholes. <laughs> and uh, my last story, I just love this one. I found this one this morning. It's over at the next web and it says predictive policing AI is a bigger scam than psychic detectives. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very funny read because uh, AI can't predict crime. Go figure. And there are companies out there that basically say that, uh, yeah, we're going to try and do this. But uh, even the chief executive of Predpol, one of the, the companies, says the software was never intended to be the solution to reducing and preventing crime. Then what the hell are you charging money for? <laughs> So what I gig. recommend, yeah, I recommend checking it out because they do have subscriptions. You can always get subscriptions to Predpol and uh, have the AI basically tell you nothing. Feedback loop. Over at Patreon, we have one new subscriber, Sniff. But thank you, Michael, for signing up. We appreciate it. Thank you. And Michaela writes in, Black Mirror spoilers, even though these aren't really spoilers. I haven't finished season five yet either. First episode is kind of a slog, though, for me, because just yikes. Yeah, yikes. But Brian, I can say that there are two episodes that aren't misery porn. I think you've already heard about San Junipero in season three. And there's also Hang the DJ in season four. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Not as good as San Junipero, but still a nice story. I, I right. totally agree. I like both of those episodes. I like the Star Trek one. I thought that was good. That was really good, too. Yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I've dipped my toe into a few here and there, but uh, not not I just can't I just can't do it right now. Well, that's um, the thing. San Junipero and Hang the DJ all both have happy endings okay, and they're good. clever. So well worth it. All right. Well, we may not have had a lot of Patreon subscribers this week, but we did get quite a few over at PayPal. So thank you to David, Elizabeth, William, Breed, Christopher, Daniel and Michael. 
Woohoo! Thank you very Thanks, much. guys. Over at Twitter, AJ writes this. I'll just put this here. It's an article over at itnews.com.au, and it's UK regulators put brakes on Amazon's Deliveroo deal. <laughs> so it turns out uh, the Brits are not happy about Deliveroo and Amazon sitting in a tree. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. I, I'm not surprised by that. Uh, Derek sends over a link. What the fuck over? And uh, if you look at this photo on his Twitter, it is a man in a business suit who has strapped his laptop and a coffee cup to a bird scooter. Yes. And, yes. It, and he's got his phone, his mouse. He's even got a stapler and two yes. phones. Actually, stapler. he's got two phones and a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Lever girl. Mustafa writes in, not sure if I've sent this before. I'm not mad at Amazon, but at Amazon countries, they should have acted first. And this is a uh, an article about Amazon wins dot Amazon domain name aggravating South American region and undermining digital commons. This has been going through the courts for a while now, and I'm surprised they actually pulled it off and won. So I'm not terribly surprised. Uh, I've worked briefly for a nonprofit that was dealing with the Amazon and uh, the hoops and and bitterness and anger between these countries. They cannot agree on anything over there because the Amazon isn't. It runs through many countries and uh, they cannot get their shit together. So I'm not surprised that they weren't able to uh, mount a to, <laughs> to join together to mount a decent defense on this. It is sad. But I mean, as we've talked about many, many times on the show, what difference does a domain name make anymore? None. That's true. It doesn't go to hover.com. They have over 400 domain name extensions to choose from. Hover.com slash G.O.G. And Stricky writes in after a long day at work, I arrived at home and my wife and daughter were waiting for me to have that talk. Did you know that Facebook and Instagram are listening to you through your phone? We were talking no! about stuff, and now I'm seeing ads. No! no. They're wrong. Oh, no. They're very wrong. <laughs> Hopefully, Stricky, that we have given you enough ammo to fight that battle and win. Yes. JC writes in, Audi's e-tron makes a hum when driving. Maybe this one won't run you over, JPD. <laughs> and uh, I checked out the video. It's a YouTube video, and it's called, Here's Why the Audi e-tron is the Future of the Audi SUV. And it does make a hum when you're driving forward. And when you're going backwards, it makes a different sort of hum. It's a good looking car, too. Might be my next one. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad. I like Audis. Yeah, me too. Can't afford one, but I like them. <laughs> Third in command writes us 19% uh, upside. And this is a link to uh, sky.com. Met police facial recognition tech has 81% error rate. Independent <laughs> report says 19% upside. Love it. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Amiti Shaw. Writes in, Amazon confirms it retains your Alexa voice recordings indefinitely. Yes. Wait, what? Do. No, really? Who would have thought that? Uh, well, us. <laughs> <laughs> I get you can still delete them, but you have to do the effort yourself. You have to put day. in the effort yourself every day. So there you go. Again, yep. just don't do anything stupid with it. I did, oh. You know what I did? I unplugged hmm. it. <laughs> Are I, you I just, done? No I'm more done ladies with, in the I, tube? The problem is I'm like listening to my work stuff all day long, editing shows through the speakers. The thing comes on 20 times a day and nobody <laughs> says the trigger word. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Don writes in, thought you guys would be interested in this video. And it's a YouTube link. The history of Megadeth's website in 1994. Parentheses. First band with a website. We are aware of this. <laughs> oh, yes, we are. <laughs> Boy, do we. Uh, Robin Sloan Bechtel, the woman that did it, uh, ended up over at Capitol, and I worked with her a number of times after that. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. She was first. We'll give her that. She was my boss when I worked at Warner Brothers Records mm -hmm. for one month, and then she <laughs> fired me for not coming into the office enough, but ironically, she fired me from home because she didn't come into the office. <laughs> We've had many a run-in with her. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. That was the day that I went to the Mojave to watch the first uh, launch of the Ansari or yeah, the first launch of the Ansari X prize uh, with what was it? Spaceship one. Mm -hmm. And I did that because uh, Shenny over at Boing Boing did me a solid and made a post about green days, blank CDRs. She's like, we don't put this crap on our website. I'm like, yeah, but I'll go shoot the thing for you because it was an NPR story. So I had to go spend the day in the Mojave, which honestly wasn't a bad gig, but uh, I got fired because I did Robin a favor. So, yeah, nice. <laughs> that's the way that goes. Love the mm -hmm. music industry. But I do miss Fez. He was the guy that wrote a lot of the tech behind Megadeth, Arizona, and got me literally 
excited about building websites. So yeah, th- there is history behind the history of Megadeth's website that, uh, that connects I all be- of us together in a weird way. So yes. yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I seriously would not be in the business if I didn't see that website and try to right. figure out how the postcards were made. Oh yeah, the postcards that was a big deal. Yep, that was a yep. huge deal. So it was pretty cool. Frank writes in, great episode again. Tip on the hard drive issue. Spinrite to restore and maintain hard drives and SSDs. I know about Spinrite uh, because I used to listen to Security Now a lot over on the Twit network. Right. Um, the thing is, I, this thing won't, there's nothing. It does not do anything. So <laughs> I just already, I already drilled a hole in it and got a Western Digital. So I'm good to go. There you go. <laughs> it's actually cheaper than a copy of Spinrite too. Yeah. Over at uh, GOG.show, Aiden writes in, got invited to buy Echo Auto today, says works best on cars without CarPlay. Okay, well, I'm out. Yeah, uh, I'm still in. I do not have CarPlay, but uh, I have not gotten my invite yet, so I am waiting patiently. Oh, yeah, man. Your next car, you should get CarPlay. It's actually pretty sweet. I gotta I'm say. sure it will be in my next car. And Michaela writes in, put, put podcasts on the blockchain. Sure, why not? And this is a link to Podminers. Everybody has sent us stuff about pod miners and no, we're not going to use pod miners because it is a blockchain based podcasting thing. Why? This is, this uh, let is me like just, buzzword let me, salad. Th- th- yes, that's why I want to read this, because this is this is just word salad. Pod miners, an Indian tech startup, is developing a global blockchain platform for digital radio and podcasting. As per the information, this blockchain platform is focused on promoting the freedom of speech for independent media publishers and audio content creators worldwide. This is the first time in history that someone is working on a solution to allow audio content creators to interact with a global audience in digital radio and podcasting space. It can be called YouTube for podcasting and radio industry. As per the CEO, radio industry is struggling a lot because everything is going digital and no one has worked on a real solution for the radio industry. Whoever is there in the podcast market are just trying to steal profits without working across any real solution to the major problems. On the other side, we are the only team building a global platform for this industry. Podminers ensures every possible contribution to make this industry flourish again. What the fuck did any of that mean? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Because podcasting actually is the solution to it, to the radio <laughs> industry, because they're, you know, they're repurposing their content, and they're selling ads against it, and they're making a lot more money. And it's an open spec. Basically, you make an RSS feed with an MP3 file attached to an enclosure, and you're done. That's it. That's all. Po- we don't need blockchain for that. So go die in a fire. Go die <laughs> in a pod finder. Or maybe the they can fire. have... Yeah, pod fire, or maybe they can have a uh, a mining collapse over there. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. Barrett writes in, I can't believe this company is still around. MoviePass says it will go dark for several weeks to update its app. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's going dark while it sorts out some changes to its app. And uh, they haven't said when the service will be back up. My betting is on never. Yeah. I think this is this is giving them time to pack up what little money they have left and head to uh, some South American country without extradition. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Cameron writes us, this is a lot to have to go through to opt out. And this is a how to disable telemetry reporting and visual studio code. And it actually doesn't look terribly difficult. It's one step. Yeah, it's not too hard. But then <laughs> I, I did a little bit more research and I found an article at New Egg Business said, should you disable Windows 10 telemetry? And uh, unfortunately, this breaks Betteridge's law of headlines because the answer is yes, because uh, (laughs) if you read this, the Windows 10 telemetry data includes basic system diagnostics information, logs of how frequently you use features and applications, system files, and likely more metrics that have yet to be disclosed. Right. And digging a little deeper, it's like uh, they track a lot of stuff, like how often you use the (laughs) keyboard, uh, all the names of your media files on your hard drive. It's a little invasive yeah, it's a little invasive but it's relatively easy to disable if you know what you're doing that's always the uh, caveat there so uh, i am actually going to be upgrading my mom's computer to windows 10 in the near future so i will disable that as part of my install yeah i have two windows 10 pcs so i will definitely be going in and turning that off as soon as i can boot them back up and go <laughs> through the update cycle which usually takes three hours yes Mark writes in, I've heard you lament several times about how Amazon is paying no taxes. I hate to tell you this, but companies have never paid taxes. They don't pay taxes like you or I do. Taxes are just another expense to be paid like payroll, vehicle purchase, or office supplies. All those costs must be offset by either lowering the net profits and thus dividend payouts to stockholders like you or Brian, or by raising prices on the customer. I am not an Amazon shareholder, by the way, just Brian. 
If a $100 million federal corporate tax bill was dumped on Amazon, they would probably pay for it by raising the shipping and handling fees by a dollar a package. So no matter what, Amazon passes their tax burden to the stockholders and customers. We pay it, they don't. Brian? Um, that's, yeah, that's, what, huh? <laughs> Jason and I have both run companies. We pay taxes. Yes, we try to pass on that to our customers by raising our prices. When that's how business works. But you still pay your taxes. We don't get Jason and I never got breaks. That's right. what. That's the problem that we're having here. Is that the government is handing these major corporations huge tax breaks? We didn't get those tax breaks. We paid our taxes. We paid our business taxes. I just, I just wrote paid a business check taxes. For $3,000 for my business tax. Yes. 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 So, so yes. okay. All right. You're right. I paid, I paid, well, I, since you can't multiply by zero, if Amazon, <laughs> I, I, I paid, you know, 3,000, even if they'd paid one cent, I paid 3,000 times the tax that Amazon paid. Exactly. That's the issue here. So how it gets passed on and where companies make the money to pay for their taxes is incidental at best. Uh, Carol writes us, I'm writing about the Boeing 737 Max software outsourced to $12.80 an hour engineers news. What I see people saying online is that the flaw was in the design and not in the code. I don't know enough to have an opinion if they should or shouldn't outsource it, but I just want to point out that the narrative shouldn't change to Indian coders crashed a plane. It was still up to Boeing to test and decide if the plane is safe to fly, and it looks like they want to blame someone else. Big fan, thanks for your load of entertainment and knowledge during my daily commute and dog walks. If you ever visit Grand Canaria, let me know. Uh, Yeah, I agree. It's still Boeing's fault. Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, That still doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that Indian coders still don't suck. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is not being racist. This comes from the fact that I've never gotten a single line of code from an Indian coder that was actually usable. Nope. And never got a refund either. I'd like to point nope. out. Nope. Cathartic writes in wonderful, informative podcast with two of the most awesome guys. Woohoo. And you guys are way better than ATP. Well, thank you very much. I've seen all Black Mirror seasons and it was great. Got into it as Charlie Brooker creates a parody review show called The Year in Review for BBC. Stay grumpy, guys. We shall. And thank you for the email. Yes, thank you. Byron writes in, in episode 357, you pondered why Indianapolis was selected as the location for the Harry Potter Festival. I live there, so as a local, my opinion is India was selected because it is in a relatively central location. India is known as the Crossroads of America. The city hosts Gen Con early August, which means the area is familiar to thousands of gamer geeks. The region has a fairly large Ingress following. Many of those players play other Neantic games. And they've been in Indy in the past a few times, including an Ingress anomaly. This is the Ingress version of a Super Bowl. So Indy has got that going for it, too. Stay grumpy. Okay. Sounds like yeah. solid reasons. I don't even know what half of that stuff meant, though. Yeah. Uh, I also <laughs> think they probably they probably got a pretty good deal if they've been doing cons there in the past. Because, you know, Midwest probably get a pretty good venue for pretty cheap. So it probably makes, makes financial sense to go there. And Indy is pretty much in the middle of everything. There you go. So thank you for the thank you for the insight. That helps. Mm-hmm. Arthur writes in. Well, Brian, the Internet gods have punished me for yelling at you about Canadian Internet. My ISP just sent me a letter explaining that my account has been upgraded to have a one terabyte data cap. Yes, they really called it an upgrade as if I wouldn't notice it used to be uncapped. Well, there you go. <laughs> there I you go. I have a question for Jason. I'm writing a field guide about mushrooms and want to know what kind of camera equipment I should be using to photograph the mushrooms. All shots will be within a few feet of the mushrooms. I need to be able to zoom in around X10 to show the structure of the flesh. I also need to attach it to a microscope to photo the spores, unless there is a lens that can photo things 5 to 20 microns that's somewhat affordable. Keep on grumping. I think there's attachments for your phone, if you have an iPhone, that <laughs> that's will what get I was everything figuring. done there. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I know I've seen ads for microscope attachments for your iPhone that you can use, and... uh Lots of uh, macro lenses that you can slap on. And, you know, the best camera is the one that you have with you. So if you're going to be out in the field, I'm sure you're going to be able to get just as, you know, just as good a photo if you went out and bought a couple thousand dollars worth of DSLR and super lenses. So just check out some of the macro lenses and uh, just search for iPhone microscope. And if you have an Android, search for iPhone. (laughs) That was good. All right. Dugget Code writes in, I was just listening about the lack of Google Maps verification in episode 356. You suggest them sending a physical postcard to verify the owner of the business. They used to do this. Five years ago, when the small business I worked for moved, 
I had to wait a week for a postcard with a code to fly out from the U.S. to confirm our ownership of the address. I suspect Google of removing services again, as usual. All right. Well, so that's multiple people that said that they used to do it. And one person said that they still do it. And I think we need to get some clarification on this. If they just changed venues and they only do it in certain areas now. But uh, yeah. either way, it's hit or miss and doesn't really seem to have any kind of coherent policy. With, I with wonder if there was thing. some documentation somewhere about how this worked. Oh, no, of course there isn't. Maybe we can Google it. <laughs> and we got no iTunes reviews this week. Sad, sad Christmas. Sad. Yeah. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five star and snarky review. We are uh, we're running at a deficit now. So pretty please. Sugar on top. That's snarky review. Closing shout outs. My closing shout out is to the U.S. Women's National Team. Congratulations on your World Cup win. And uh, if you want to, I, I agree with this headline 100%. Uh, dang, it feels good to watch the U.S. Women's National Team get drunk and celebrate its World Cup win. The link over at Slate uh, with uh, Ashlyn Harris, which is the backup goalie. She did a lot of Snapchat stories from the locker room, and you can watch the team get drunk and dance. And it's quite pleasant. Well done, ladies. Very cool. Very cool. And another big shout out to our, our friend of the show, Dr. Teeter. Get well soon, man. Get yeah. well soon. Yeah. And uh, hopefully there will be vengeance. There will be blood. And on a happier note, happy birthday to friend of the show, Robert Fogarty, who turns 50 on Thursday. Whoa. Bob's your uncle. Happy birthday, man. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schillmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 359. And there you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy! You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.